0: all right ladies and gents welcome back today and a happy new year to you and your family i hope 2024 is an incredible year for you so today we're going to talk about five critical trends that you need to be aware of for 2024 yes it seems crazy to even say 2024 this is one of the big years 2024 2027 and 2030 are the three big years for this decade not including 2020 of course so we've got a lot to go through today but already this year is looking as though it's going to be a crazy one just got a list of so many things but we're going to focus today on five things here so we've got everything around geopolitical risk to financial risk we've got the political landscape with the elections the most elections ever held in history this year we have ukraine russia israel palestine we have things going on with the european union china taiwan and these are just a couple of things here we've got so much to go over but a quick announcement before we go into everything the january core sale has now started you can see in the description below or the pinned comment that courses are 85% for a limited time only. It's going to be by coupons this time. So there'll be a small number of coupons released every day at the same time, which is the time this video comes out. And I know there's some people that have been waiting for these coupons to be released because people missed out on the Black Friday course sales. So that's the first thing. The second announcement is a lot of people have been asking me about the psychology of wealth uh, course or the wealth accumulation course and the uh, mentoring and coaching and things like that uh, and as i've explained a couple times now because this year is just so crazy and busy i'm not doing any one-on-one mentoring but i am opening up more places in the group coaching program so you can find that link below as well it is on patreon tier 5 so if you want some sort of a, a shift or accountability this year we've got a fantastic coaching program for you so there'll be i think three or four places available for that it's not expensive it's very low cost okay so let's go into the key things that we're going to talk about today then. So firstly, in 2024, this year, over 40 countries are going to be holding elections. This means over 40% of the global population, involving billions of people from all different cultures and backgrounds. It is going to be pretty wild the way all of these elections may impact upon each other and how this will affect the world, not just in terms of geopolitical nature, but trade, in terms of finance, there's going to be um, more conflict, there's gonna be a lot of things that will happen as a result of this. And actually it's eight of the 10 most populous countries in the world that will be holding elections from Bangladesh to Brazil, India, Indonesia, Mexico. mexico pakistan russia even the united states is holding the election that's going to be one of the biggest elections to watch for november i think it's november 5th of 2024 but we have got the other big election which is taiwan which is this month in january that is going to be very key for the china taiwan relations which of course involves the usa we already heard what Biden said, which, you know, there was a lot of damage control for that when he was asked by the reporter, if China invades Taiwan, will you go to war or will you defend Taiwan? It means the same thing. And he said, yes. <laughs> I think he, what he meant to say was, I can't, well, you know, I'm not going to answer that question or something like that. So, that, of course, China is aware of this. The US knows what they will do in that situation. But I do think it's just a matter of time. We're hearing talk about 2027 potentially a year when something like this may actually occur. Also with the elections, we're seeing a lot of movement towards what we might call right-leaning or conservative in nature political parties around the world. Some people are even going as far to call them extreme uh, right parties that are coming into power. Although, if you look at what is being called extreme right today versus what was extreme right in the early 1900s, it's quite a different situation. Although we are seeing a lot of similarities between uh, a century ago at the moment, um, a lot of this movement towards the right-leaning political parties is due to, especially in Europe, although I would say also in the USA predominantly, is um, as a result of migration. Also economic stagnation, high levels of inflation still in the U.K., and the eurozone and both the uk and the european union are set to hold elections this year now the interesting thing with that is that sunak the the prime minister of the uk doesn't have to hold elections until 2025 but he's decided to hold them in 2024 as well. The US elections will be the pivotal, the key elections for this year though, and I still predict Donald Trump to win the US election in November. I was looking at the bookies odds or the gambling sites today, and Trump has now moved into the favorite position to win at seven to five. Biden has nine to four, and then you have Newsom and Haley with 12 to one odds. Of course, a lot of people are talking about this whole situation with the elections and how this will um, be a, a bridge too far for the the two warring parties, although they're not really warring parties, they're arguing parties, I think is the, the better uh, description of them. But we have seen all of these new movies coming out around 2024 with civil war and the cyber attacks and the collapse of society and all of these other things. Are these a prediction of what's going to happen or are they just entertainment based on the way people are thinking at the moment? I'll leave you to drop a comment on that below in the description. Now the key thing with the Taiwan election is that this is overshadowed with the whole issue around uh, China. Beijing still claims Taiwan as a province of China and all of the current presidential candidates in Taiwan actually reject Chinese rule. Uh, So does a large majority of the Taiwanese people. The key issues for this year's election in Taiwan is very similar to others around the world. It is uh, cost of living, it's housing, it's labor rights, energy, education, elderly care, an aging population and wealth gap. Pretty similar things all over at the moment. The only thing they haven't talked about is immigration. But the housing uh, challenge is a big challenge everywhere. It's the same in a lot of countries. You have a growing population, whether that's through birth rate or migration. In the the West, it tends to be as a result of migration. You have the government now paying for a lot more housing. This is pushing up rents, predominantly in the, the UK, for example, up dramatically while house prices where they should have really fallen quite dramatically have held up quite strong they're still down there they're they're lower than they were a year ago and that's the same in a lot of countries but they're not falling in quite the same way because there is this surge in demand and there isn't enough supply so we're seeing the same sort of issues all over the place another telltale sign is that Taiwanese citizens are joining civil defense groups and there's a lot of training the military what's known as military aid or what they're calling military aid is ramping up from the USA as well and as we mentioned the US said it would come to the aid of Taiwan if they were attacked by China this is worrying as we've talked about numerous times over the last couple of years because this could pull Um, the u.s into a new war a new uh, front at a time when there's already ukraine there's israel there's all sorts of other conflicts going on all at the same time and remember even though the u.s is the superpower and they have the strongest military in the world they are actually losing a lot of power to the brics nations which we'll come on to because this is a key point uh, what's actually happening with the BRICS nations this year and the strength that is uh, actually growing there. But another point I wanted to make is that if the US and China did actually have conflict or even a large-scale war, the ramifications of global trade and energy and all sorts of things would be pretty catastrophic around the world Uh, if you just look around your your home right now you look around your kitchen you look how many of those goods and and things are in your home were actually made in china it's quite staggering really and although there have been pledges to move away from chinese goods it really hasn't happened because of globalization and lower labor costs the imf has also warned of course we cover this in the video that they uh, they're biggest concern is a war between the US and China which could absolutely uh, destroy global GDP. They have estimates of at least seven trillion dollars of losses just in that first initial period. Uh, Another one is um, escalating tensions with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, There was just an article out from the European Union. They were talking about how this next big push will be it. If they can just get this amount of money for Ukraine, it will end the war. And, you know, this keeps repeating over and over again. It won't end the war. You can keep throwing money at this situation, but this war is going to keep going on. In fact, there is a lot going on with um, Ukraine at the moment and the European Union. The Because there's a lot of enlargement talks as well, and that's for Ukraine and Moldova to join in 2024 personally although you know a lot of people think this is going to happen i still don't think that this will happen moldova i'm not sure perhaps but ukraine i would be very surprised if this did happen because of article 5 and the nato and uh, a lot of other things that would would kick in as a result of ukraine actually joining the eu not least to mention the issues with poland and Hungary. Another thing that could dramatically affect this conflict is if Trump does return to the White House in November. He's made it quite clear that he doesn't want to fund this ongoing conflict. And of course, this isn't the only conflict. There's also um, Israel and Palestine at the moment. And the death toll is absolutely uh, staggering, it's it's tragic, so over 22,000 people have died now with over 57,000 injured as the US continues to block a ceasefire there. Now, one thing you may not know about the situation is that Egypt and Qatar have been leading the diplomatic efforts to de-escalate the conflict um, and aiming for this ceasefire. They are blaming the US for blocking this and blocking their efforts. And now, of course, we're having all the issues in the Red Sea with the, the rebels, the shipping containers. Uh, it's causing a lot of instability. And we talked previously about the shipping containers and how this could affect global trade, how this could add to inflation in a lot of countries that rely on those low cost goods and services actually coming in. Another thing I've been noticing then is how the Um, Israel and Gaza, Palestine, whatever you want to say, the issues there are resulting in this reunification, I guess is the best word here, of the Arab uh, or or the Muslim countries really coming together in quite a strong way. And we're seeing public sentiment not just in those nations but in a lot of western nations. We've seen some of the biggest protests in a long time through uh, major capital cities like London. And another thing I have been talking about is how we've seen a lot of talk about Iran at the moment and how Iran is the sort of new front or the potential new front of military conflict. And this is really coming at a time when Iran is about to elect or potentially elect a new supreme leader. Not only that, there is now this new uh, partnership or alliance between Saudi Arabia and Iran, two countries you never thought would have this alliance coming together in a powerful way. Of course, they're they're part of the new BRICS 5. It was meant to be the BRICS 6, but Argentina has dropped out. And this is because Miele wants to align more with the USA uh, than he does with BRICS. Biden is, of course, furious at the moment with Saudi because of this arrangement with Iran. He sees it as a betrayal. He still hasn't got over as well his... um, greeting i guess we can say from the crown prince whereas trump had the the red carpet rolled out in the big parade and when biden went it was uh, well there wasn't really anything there so it shows how the crown prince views both of those leaders and i think we should just touch upon bricks as well because BRICS is really becoming a powerhouse all on its own. And previously we had uh, BRICS Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa but now they're adding five more countries. These are uh, Egypt, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Ethiopia, and the uh, UAE, United Arab Emirates. So this accounts for, it's actually over 50% of the world's population, and they even have 20% more GDP than the G7. That, again, is staggering. It shows you the amount of power that the BRICS uh, Alliance is going to have from this year in 2024. Moving into AI then, artificial intelligence. We've talked a lot about this in the past, mainly from a um, not just a negative perspective, but also the potential and the potential for job displacement for not just factory workers or people who do manual work, but also now, how AI is coming after the knowledge workers, is coming after the white collar jobs as well. And I think we're gonna see more of this in 2024. We're gonna see an advancement of this. We've already been seeing it and I think this is going to continue. If you just look at what happened in 2023, what do we have? OpenAI's ChatGPT got up to number four, uh, GPT-4. There were so many launched. Uh, BARD was another big one. Elon Musk launched Grok as well. But one thing I think we'll probably see this year in 2024 is a lot more regulation around artificial intelligence. And I think perhaps in the future, We as people in the public, won't even be able to use um, artificial intelligence of a a more advanced level. I think we'll be restricted to having access to just a very basic form of AI that will help us with our day-to-day tasks and help us with our job. But again, I think that will be restricted in nature. The reason I think this is because We've seen a lot of experiments in 2023, a lot of tests, everything from being able to program AI to create chemical um, weapons uh, and things of this nature, very, very easy. They created some deadly compounds uh, and it didn't take too long to do. It was a number of hours to actually do this. But personally, I don't think the governments want the general public to have access to these tools anyway i think what's most likely is that when the digital id comes in when a a central bank digital currency comes in i think that we will be able to have access to ai but we'll probably have to have some sort of a license to even be able to use it the eu european union is of course talking about their regulatory bill as well around ai and how it's going to be used for the future we've even heard things like People won't be able to post to channels like YouTube, for example, like what I'm doing here. Uh, You won't be able to post to your social media without a digital identification that proves that you are not a fake, that proves that you are a real person. Because already AI is fake. Flooding social media, flooding Instagram with fake accounts, flooding YouTube with fake videos. A while back, I mentioned on the weekly walk and talk how someone showed me a video and I had no idea that this had been generated by AI. It looked and sounded just like a real person. So it's very difficult to know. And this is now as we go into the beginning of 2024. Give it a year and this stuff will be way, way more advanced and this is where you're going to see a lot more scams and cybersecurity issues as well. In fact, globally, there are now over 37 countries including China, India and Japan as well as others in the, you know, in the west that have proposed AI related legal frameworks. The United Nations is working on global agreements for AI governance as well, and they're gonna put out their recommendations by the middle of this year. And Elon Musk is still warning about (laughs) the irony. He's creating AI um, rapidly at the moment, but also warning that it could be catastrophic for the human race if we don't have some form of, of regulations around this. All right, well, those are your five most critical things to look out for this year in 2024 but it doesn't have to be all bad i'm sure there will be some good things that occur this year as well and remember you can take advantage of the january course sale the link is below in the description with the coupon codes and also a reminder about the coaching program if you think that would be right for you there is no time commitment you can join for one month or one year so that is it for today thank you so much for being online being a subscriber here take care god bless and i will see you tomorrow